This is All Things Considered on KNKX. I'm Ed Ronco. The state Supreme Court has begun a new term. Earlier this week, we spoke with new Chief Justice Stephen Gonzalez. This afternoon, we have a conversation with Justice Raquel Montoya Lewis. She joined the court last year after being appointed by Governor Jay Inslee. In November, voters elected her to a full term. Montoya Lewis is the state's first Native American Supreme Court justice, an enrolled member of the Pueblo of Isleta, and a descendant of the Pueblo of Laguna. She's also Jewish, and we began by talking about how those two identities inform her work as a justice. It is remarkable how much crossover there is between the two. In all the Native communities that I've been a part of, including my own, uh, there is a strong belief in our responsibility to make the world a better place. Uh, The way I did it was, of course, up to me, but I just assumed that the work I would do would be work that would make a difference in the lives of people in in an important way. Before you were a state superior court judge, you you were a tribal court judge, 15 years, I believe. That's um, correct, yeah. Including for the Lummi, the Upper Skagit, and the Nooksack. You talked about having experience working with what you called different approaches to the concept of justice. Can you talk a little more about what you mean? Sure. Um, There are about 570 um, federally recognized tribes in this country, and they all have the authority to create their own legal systems if they choose to do so. And, uh, you know, I I worked with uh, the three tribes you mentioned, which are within a 50-mile radius of each other, uh, and found that those legal systems were remarkably different from each other. For example, in one of the tribes, um, the idea of justice really meant making people whole. Uh, and in another environment, the definition of justice was more about the, the impact of whatever was happening in the courtroom on the community as a whole. There are some tribes that say, under no circumstances do we send our people to jail. We have other ways of addressing criminal behavior uh, and other tribes that utilize jail uh, as much as any state court might. So there is just this wide range. And that gave me the freedom when I moved into Superior Court and now into uh, the Supreme Court to have a much broader view of what courts can do. When you were sworn in, or shortly thereafter, you said, uh, I believe this is the quote, taking a seat at this particular bench feels like a tectonic shift. Yes, I did say that at the swearing in. Uh, what's, what's the magnitude of this earthquake here? Um, I bring a different view. And that view is a view that none of the people of the other justices on the bench have really heard, in, at least in the context of talking about cases. That kind of um, diversity of voice really enriches the conversation that we're having. There's a reason there are nine and not one, right? I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think. Uh, there was an article, I think, in, in in Slate that said that Washington now had the most diverse Supreme Court uh, in the country. And many people um, were rightly proud of that, but viewed it as sort of the end of the process, right? That we, hmm. we did it. It really isn't 
the end, it's the beginning. And the conversations that we have can be very complicated, very difficult, uh, because our perspectives of the law and what it should and should not do, uh, and the viewpoints that we bring to the cases, they are, are very different. So yeah, I think that is why there are nine. I think you get a better decision, a more considered decision when, uh, when there is uh, intense debate and we don't agree because we have to talk about it that much more. I understand the case that much more. And for the most part, we come out with a more considered decision in June, the court issued a unanimous letter. Everybody signed on to a letter mm-hmm. talking about um, the racist history of the justice system in Washington State, in the United States, calling on the legal community to do better, um, admitting that the Supreme Court itself had had made terrible decisions um, in the past. And just this past July, uh, about a month later, the the Supreme Court issued a unanimous order, which you read from the bench. Uh, rescinding its decision in a 1916 case against Alec Tawasnut, who was a Yakima Nation fisherman. Um, I want to ask you about the order in particular, but first, can you talk a little bit about the circumstances of the case for people who weren't following? Sure. Uh, Mr. Tawasnut was fishing in treaty-protected waters uh, in what the treaty called the usual and accustomed waters and in the usual and accustomed fashion. Uh, He was arrested and charged with fishing without a license and convicted of that. Some, I mean, I remember you you quoted from the original 1916 decision, and there was some just very ugly language in there that that sort of said out loud that the court thought of Native Americans as less than people. Absolutely, yes, and that case was still on the books. You can you could go look Mm. it up, and uh, you know it's it, it. it's interesting because I had a very visceral emotional reaction to reading that decision because I, I I read it and I thought, you know, these are the people that are still on the walls of the Supreme court who never imagined someone like me being here describing who they thought I was, who they thought my people were. Uh, And um, it was very painful. So it was a, a real opportunity for me to to be able to sort of talk back to that history. Um, um, you know, the, the, the letter that we wrote uh, in June after uh, the killing of George Floyd was a, a letter in which we really committed as a court to uh, to address these systemic kinds of issues and and be able to say. Uh, not on our watch. So I know you just got there. I'm not suggesting this moment is imminent or anything, but when you're at your retirement party, (laughs) um, (laughs) what do you want people to say about your time on the Supreme Court? What's the legacy you want to leave? I would like people to say that I was someone who listened, that I was someone who was willing to change my mind. and who uh, fought hard to get to the quote-unquote right answer, and that I was someone who took the time in my in my writing, uh, in the opinions that I that I wrote, um, 
to write opinions that anyone could understand. And finally, uh, that I was someone who, who mentored uh, young, younger lawyers, uh, younger students um, to, uh, to achieve whatever they, they wanted. It, it, it's nice to be the first, um, that is meaningful. What is more important to me is that I not be the last. And I would hope that by the time I got to retirement, um, I, I would already not be the last. That's State Supreme Court Justice Raquel Montoya Lewis. You heard her in that conversation talk about who's on the walls. There are portraits lining the hallways at the Temple of Justice. New ones are being added, and they're different not just because of who they're representing, but how. We'll hear more about that next week on All Things Considered. <laughs> 